Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee with me, Lindsay Heron. As we pour over all the big uh, talking points from the weekend's matches in the SPFL Premiership with, of course, Steve Conroy and Des Roach. And my goodness, VAR's never too far away from the, the talking points guys uh, dominating the headlines for us again, but mostly in a good sense. I think quite a lot of the decisions seem to go the right way this weekend, Steve. They, they did, um, thankfully, and our great bugbear, although there's a caveat, is the, the handball. But yeah, it, it caught a, a couple of them over the weekend. But I think, sadly, the biggest talking point is the Hearts game, um, where it maybe wasn't quite as constructive. Exactly. So let's start there then. St Mirren, two hearts, two. Uh, David Dickinson, the man in charge, Des. And the big talking point, as Steve uh, suggested there, a challenge by Peter Haring on Mark O'Hara and a quick red card from David rather than uh, taking his time over that one. Yeah, I've been David's biggest fan this year. I think he's making great strides in his refereeing career, but I've, I can't defend that one. I can't defend it. When I seen it for the first time um, on, on live feed, I thought, what are you doing? And he's jumped in so, so quickly. He's not, I mean, in that you've got a triangle there. You've got the assistant referee who's on that side. Mm-hmm. You've got David who's coming in and you've got the fourth official. And for him to come out with a red card so quickly and so abruptly, I was shocked. I, I really was. And then I was probably even more shocked by the fact that VAR never intervened and never asked for an on-field review, given the fact that, in my opinion, that is a clear and obvious error. The Haring has went for the ball he's not challenged in a, a malicious way it's not serious foul play it's not endangering the safety of an opponent it's not denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity it's just a straightforward yellow card um, so yeah I think David on reflection will probably be a bit disappointed when he sees it but for four people to be culpable in that one error I find that a wee bit, a wee bit hard to take it was interesting because Greg Aitken was the, the VAR on that game, Steve, and, um, and he was uh, doubling up on Saturday because he was busy at, uh, at Ibrox earlier on, or sorry, covering uh, the <laughs> Celtic match at Ibrox. He wasn't at Ibrox, uh, but I suppose you can do that if it's an early kickoff. Why did he not get involved then? Are you surprised? I'm surprised, exactly as, as Dead said. Uh, dead? As Dead, dead said. Um, the mitigation for the assistant and the fourth official is that we don't know if there was anything going on in the dugouts that Alan was taken to do with. We don't know what was going on in field that the assistant was taken care of, but there was potentially four sets of eyes on that. Mm. So we'll maybe let uh, the assistant, forgive me, I don't remember his name, and Alan, they could have been busy elsewhere. David came in and it's not like him. Looked as though there was no thought went into that whatsoever. The, the red card was brandished as, as quick as you like. It was not in a million years a red card. It would have to be denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity, violent conduct or serious foul play. I've got absolutely no idea which one of those three could have been called into question. Although if I remember right, they might even have been at St Martin earlier in the, the season where something was deemed to be an obvious goal scoring opportunity when it was virtually on the halfway line because it was taken as that's the, the moment that it becomes an attack. Yeah, I think that But was, he was in his own half. Yeah, I think that was Keanu Bacchus earlier on in uh-huh. the year. Uh, where, where that yeah, and I, I think it was Alan Muir who was the fourth official. Mm-hmm. But I have absolutely no idea how that was deemed a red card. David has gone in far too quickly. He's made a mistake. It was never a red card. But we keep saying it. We've all been there. We've all made mistakes. But I for the life of me, I can't explain why somebody has looked at that over and over and come to the conclusion that that was a red card. Hearts have uh, obviously appealed uh, the decision. Um, they'll get a hearing this week. Des, do you imagine they'll be successful? 
yeah, I think it would be it'd be mind blowing if they're not successful. I mean, you're looking at the ones with Shinny over the last couple of weeks, and then if they're going to uphold this red card, it can't be upheld. It's got to be got to be overturned, uh, and quite rightly so. I mean, to be fair, Haring took it quite well. He, he got up and he, he he never over really remonstrated, but like Steve said there. If you've got those eyes on it and you've got the chance to to rewind it, watch it, rewind it, watch it, it's never a red card. Unfortunately, it's never a red card, and mm-hmm. I'm surprised that Greg never Greg never actually got David across to have a a wee look at it. This seems to be the sort of common theme. What is a clear and obvious error? You know, as referees, you'll know in your own mind what that is, but a supporter looking on at that situation thinks that is a clear and obvious error. That is a clear and obvious error, and. and- you know, there's it's a sliding scale of uh, of what's a foul. You've got the barn door foul, and you've got the one who is clearly not a foul. And the closer they get, there's a crossover uh, point. So in the area that, in the middle, it will be grey, uh, a grey area. It's your opinion's different from Desi's, different from mine. Um, and you can just say, well, that that's that's opinion. I, I will be flabbergasted. I think I might be flabbergasted if the <laughs> SFA come out and try and say that that was in the opinion of the referee a red card. I can't, I won't believe until I see it that they will say that the VAR was right not to get involved because it is only a matter of opinion and, and it's not a clear and obvious error. Mm. If they're going to, and I hate to say it, if they're going to back up Greg and say that he was right there, then they have to back it up by telling us which of the offences he was guilty of. Mm-hmm. And if that is a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity, then I've got even more of a chance of scoring than Blute on the ball uh, <laughs> look at, in look, the box. Look at that incident compared to the one last, last week with Maida, uh-huh. where, where everyone uh-huh. was having an opinion on it. This one, I think it's 99% of the population will turn around and say, no, that's not a red card. So those are two clear and obvious errors on the opposite side of the scale uh-huh. for me. Um, because the Maida one, yeah, it was subjective, and as we've always said, it's a the referee's opinion over fact, and you've got to go with the referee's opinion. But that one yesterday, or sorry, on Saturday, it's a man that's factual. There was no contact. There was nothing there to endanger serious foul play, obvious goal scoring opportunity, etc. But as Steve said, if they do carry it through with the red card, I would love to know the reasoning for it. Yeah, there, there must be a clamour, especially from Hearts, to justify that staying as a red card. Yeah, I suppose. Um, David Dickinson did get a big decision right uh, at a crucial time in the game. Hearts chasing an equaliser six minutes into added time uh, and a stupid challenge by Ryan Flynn, it seemed to me, uh, on Josh Ginelli uh, to give Hearts a penalty kick, which Lawrence Shanklin scored. A penalty for you, Steve? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, not, not a question. No, not a problem. Yeah, he's made the... He's made a, a very silly challenge. Mm. He's running towards the, the corner flag almost. He's running away from the goals. And what he's done there is he's, he's given the referee a decision to make. He's clearly put his hand in his back of it. Yes, it's soft. Very, very soft. But if you if you take that chance, then you, you run the risk. And he ran the risk. And Stephen Robinson was quite accepting of it as well. Oh, yeah. No, he wasn't complaining. I suppose from David's point of view, when he looks back in the game, he'll think, OK, I might have got the hearts sending off wrong, but at least I gave them a penalty. Not to even it up. Yeah, obviously not to even not it up. Not to even <laughs> that was that. So that was, I guess, the most um, controversial VAR situation of the weekend. But And again, handball dominating the, the horizon for us. I mean, it's amazing. But, you know, there was a derby at the weekend. We're not even discussing it just yet, nope. but we'll come to it shortly. 
Just looking at, at, at the Aberdeen-Hibs game then, for example, which was a, a big occasion. They were celebrating 40 years of the Gothenburg heroes. And my goodness, they almost got battered by Hibs the way the, the game went on. Who hit the woodwork a couple of times. And uh, the big decision, of course, was the handball situation there, uh, as well as a, a potential red card, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about in a minute. Uh, first of all, the penalty decision. McCurdy's shot kind of hits Slayton. Clarkson on the on the arm. His arm was in a, a an unnatural position for you, Steve. Yeah, no, I agree. Caveat it by saying in in the old days that was never a penalty, and you can't blame John. Two weeks running, we're saying you can't blame John. Um, I wouldn't have given that during the game, but VAR called it back, and in the current climate, unfortunately, that is a penalty. I don't agree with it, but that that's where we are just now. So yeah, the the team got that one right. And Nick Walsh in charge of that one. And of course, the penalty kick saved by the Aberdeen goalkeeper. So, But was his foot on the line? We think it was in that. I think he, I think, I think he's, his back stud was still on the line there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the big, we'll come to another situation in that regard in a moment. But um, just sticking with the Dons and Hibs then, a bit of a flashpoint, Josh Campbell and Liam Scales clashing. Six and one and half a dozen of the other, Steve, wasn't it? They were both going at it. Oh, I, I think they were both as guilty as each other. Um, and uh, as guilty as each other is the, the debating point. I... And I said over the weekend, I would be happy enough for two red cards in, in that instance. The Hips player was virtually doing a, a tumble your walkies in the, the, <laughs> the old speak. He was virtually doing a backflip to get him. But the Aberdeen player was um, euphemistically protecting himself um, with his shoulder. I, I'd be happy for two reds there. Yeah, I think certainly Josh Campbell was the aggressor and Scales wasn't. Um, he was, as Stephen just put it, he's, he's protecting himself. But... When you're jumping off the ground and your feet's six feet in the air, both feet are off the ground, mm-hmm. you're almost uh, vertical with the floor mm-hmm. as well at one point. That's a red card. Absolutely. You cannot have challenges like that. That's mm-hmm. just, I mean, if that's not a red card, what are the ones that we've seen previously this season oh, that are nothing nothing next to it? Regarding scales, I think he's preempted the challenge coming. Don't think he's preempted his head potentially getting kicked off, but um, he's, he's preempted it. He's tried to protect himself. I'm maybe not as harsh as Steve there. I, I, I'm okay with a yellow card for that. But it was a clamour from the, the, the players thereafter and looking for the, the retribution um, for Josh Campbell. I think Josh Campbell can look at himself and think he's he's done well there. He's um, not done well, that's, that's the wrong one. I'm not, I'm not promoting going and kicking somebody's <laughs> head off. Uh, After all uh, what we've said about Lee Johnson's comments during, I know, uh, during I know, the season. I know, I don't want to upset Mr Johnson any further. Uh, I would say that Josh Campbell can feel quite lucky that he remained on remained on the field to play after that challenge uh, and Liam Scales he's just stayed on the right side of a yellow card for me yeah I'm okay with that I said potentially but the, the Hibs player you can't get much more uh, serious foul play than that he just um, needed a trampet <laughs> and Scales orange yeah yeah, I can take the yellow for that one but again can the, the VAR not get involved in that one and say you know I think that's a red card Nick it's potentially yeah, it's potential, and you see what comes up on the VAR board. Potential red card. That is, yeah, that that needs reviewed uh-huh. because we're agreeing that it's uh, a red card, potentially a red card defence. And if it's for you know, we'll say serious foul play, you absolutely have to have a look at that. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of having VAR. Yeah, but they're quick enough to to get it right with the with the handball. I mean, again, not one player claimed for the handball, and it was the Hibernian penalty. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, we don't know. We're not party to the discussion that's going through the the earphones, etc. They're Nick. Possibly could have been speaking to Andrew uh, Dallas and Andrew Dallas can speak to Nick saying, no, no, it's fine. We're not privy to that. But from the man in the stand and from the man watching it on television, that's got to be certainly worth a yeah, of an on-field absolutely. review. 
Have you ever were you ever involved in a double red card scenario uh, during your your days? Do you remember at all, or if there was anything like that? Yes, Air United against somebody. <laughs> I can't remember, and it wasn't until I did it I thought, oh Jesus, what have I done? Because I sent them off at the same time. So they could carry on the fight up the tunnel rather than, you know... Separate them. Yeah, rather than waffle for a couple of minutes before you send off the, the second one. That's the only one. Well, uh, thanks act- for reminding me. Were they um, actually scrapping then, were they? Oh, oh aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aye, there was... Aye. Blows being exchanged. Yeah, that, that's a good way of putting it. Um, and uh, I allowed it to be carried on for longer than it needed to be. I remember when I was back in the juniors years ago, down at Auckland Lake. It was always quite a robust, robust game down there. And their changing rooms are behind the goals. And it's like an old fashioned. Oh, like, yeah, no idea. It's got an old fashioned. Uh, it's like a big garage door mm. that closes it. <laughs> and I remember uh, there had been maybe a couple of minor disagreements during the first half between some players, and it was a young assistant referee. I'd blown the whistle on him down at the bottom end of the pitch, and some players were making their way inside the tunnel, and the the door closes, and the young ass- the young assistant said to me, "Come on, hurry up, hurry up! We need to go there and see what's happening." I'm like. No, we nope. don't. <laughs> no, we don't. We'll take our time. And then the door magically opens and now we walk back in. <laughs> you can't report on what you don't see. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, and again, because uh, there were no ret- retribution, if you like, or no retrospective action against Josh Campbell or Liam Scales because the decision was taken on the pitch and the VR didn't get involved. I assume. I assume. I assume. Um, I think it'd be a stretch to have mm. the compliance officer getting involved in um, uh-huh. that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... They both got off with it. Yeah, and we would have heard from it today as well because it had been dealt with first thing in the Monday morning. Uh, so, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking for the compliance offer to, to, to get involved. Another penalty uh, in the Motherwell game, St. Johnson Motherwell. Um, this time the, the goalkeeper was penalised for coming off his line, Remy Matthews. Just too quick and he, and he saved a really bad penalty kick by the excellent Kevin Van Veen and gave him another chance. And of course, inevitably he scored inevitably, with, with yeah. the next one. I find that rule a wee bit harsh, you know. How do you feel about this coming off your line scenario? Well, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's probably harsh, but it's it's geographic, so you can't you can't argue about that. And the law still states that you need to be on your uh, you need to be on on the line, or at least one foot anyway, at least a part of one a foot. Part of one foot. So if they had any sense, they'd watch what happens in a, a rugby mall when you've got somebody who's already six foot six who's stretching out their leg as far as they could possibly get it so that um, it's further away from the opposition getting it. So if they were to time it properly, then you could be virtually on the six yard line uh, yeah. for these goalies uh, and still be on the on, on the line. That's been a bit facetious. It's geographic. It's These are one of the few. It's black and white. And he was off his line. I think if I was, if I was a coach and we discussed it earlier, I would be saying to my goalkeeper, start a yard behind yep. your line and therefore give you your momentum because it's also very difficult to, to to sprawl your body from a static stand. So start one yard behind, take your yard forward, you're on the line and you don't run the risk of potentially having a having a retake. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what VAR's there for and it yep. correctly, no correctly called it. So yeah, no argument whatsoever. And we got away with one in the, the Euros. That's what David Marshall did for the in the penalties. Yes. You saw him, he started behind the line all right, he was he was virtually sprinting, mm-hmm. but he timed it so that uh, part of his foot was still on the line mm-hmm. when the ball was struck. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And there was no no doubt, sorry, no uh, doubt about the penalty award. There's there was a silly Andy Considine trip on Stephen O'Donnell. Yeah, I mean, it, it was quite tight. Was, there was a few players around him. I don't think O'Donnell was going anywhere. Or yeah, going to swivel and, and have a shot. Andrew Considine's tried to put his foot across, 
he's obviously made contact with the player rather than the ball. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. That was a that was a penalty kick. Grant Irvin called that one called yeah. that one correctly. Um, another handball up at uh, uh, Tanadice again <laughs> celebration in the air up there. Forty years of winning the incredibly winning the the Premier League title mm-hmm. under Jim McLean. That, you and I are old enough to remember that, Steve. Sadly, <laughs> yes, sadly. Uh, and it all went pear-shaped for them, didn't it, Ross County? Oh. Running out 3-1 winners. Um, and a handball um, actually um, went Dundee United's way. Uh, pretty pretty point-blank, wasn't it, from Bezich, rather, the ball coming in. It just catches Sims. Yeah. But his it, hand was up, wasn't his, it? His hand was up. So <laughs> he's trying to jump up and block it. I can understand that. But given the current day and age and given the current interpretation and application laws, it's a penalty kick every day of the week. So his hands have his hands have went up, he's tried to elevate, but as soon as his hands are out and it's hitting him, you know the decision that's coming. Oh yeah, I, I think even in the old days, uh, that, that's a penalty. Yeah. It's stupid, you know, you contrast that with one later on with the guy uh, tries to put his hands behind his back, which is just as unnatural as anything else. That's a conscious effort to get out of the way, but when you jump and you put your arms up like that, yeah. There's only one outcome. And there was a similar one with Jason Holt in the Livingston game as well against Kilmarnock. Uh, I mean, what's he doing? He's throwing his, his left arm up there. Oh, I know. And um, when you listen to... Uh, David David Mar- I was going to say Eric Martindale, that's <laughs> ex-ref. Um, when you hear David Martindale, he was he was cast uh, his eyes to heaven as well. That What yeah. possesses you? Well, that we was, all make mistakes, but... Oh, geez, oh. That was the most blatant one for the weekend. Yeah. Christian Dodge has obviously had the, had the ball at his feet. Jason Holt's, I mean, we've called Conor Goldson a goalkeeper before, but Jason Holt's hands are entirely in a wrong position. So yeah, never in a, never in a month of Sundays was he going to get out of that one. No. That's a good segue, Des. Uh, Conor Goldson involved in one of the few uh, sort of contentious moments in, in a very tepid Rangers Celtic match on Saturday in terms of decisions and, and confrontations or any potential flashpoints. Indeed, um, ball comes into the box and he, he's, he's lost his, his footing and he, he's thrown his right arm down to protect him, his fall and the ball hits him in the arm. Yeah, well, before we before we touch on Conor Goldson there, I would say that we've got to give all credit to Stephen McLean. That's his first game he's done in the old firm for a number of years, 2016. Yeah, like just 15, 16. Yeah, yeah, I believe. So, December, I think. Yeah, so these games are never easy and it might have looked easy, but Stephen was working really, really hard and he, he contributed to the to the match so we've got to give him got to give him credit Stephen done Stephen done excellent regarding that decision what is handball what's not I know they're saying if it's a supporting arm to to support your body as you go down then that negates the, the, the penalty element if it hits you but we've seen it in the World Cup we've seen it mm-hmm. in the Portugal-Uruguay game um, and again it's just another another caveat of um, inconsistencies that we've seen throughout the season in Scottish football um, if that is the ruling then no problem. It's not a penalty kick, mm-hmm. but it had to be Conor Goldson, didn't it? <laughs> it had to be had to be Teflon Don himself. Um, but if that's the that's the way they're being coached and that's the the ruling, okay. But come on, let's see it consistent across the board across all countries because I do think we still have a major error with it. I, I agree. It had to be Goldson, didn't it? Written in the stars, best goalie of the season. Um, and again, I, I I'm with you. Um, if we're allowed to do that, if the support arm. Um, is acceptable now. It certainly wasn't in the uh, in the World Cup, and not only did it hit the supporting player, the the Uruguay defender, it went through his legs, mm-hmm. and then hit his supporting arm, and they got a penalty given against him. So, and I know that's months ago now, but mm-hmm. uh, again, it needs to be 
consistent. And if we're going to have a caveat like that for handball, then surely that caveat goes for people who are standing two yards away from mm-hmm. somebody who blooters the ball at you and you've got absolutely no way of uh, of reacting. We've said that all along. You need to be Superman or Usain Bolt to get out of the road. If, if you're in such close proximity that you have no opportunity to get your hand out the ball, but we're still seeing penalties given for it, then I, I, mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. It, it, it beggars belief. Yeah. So I, I think all things considered, I certainly don't have an issue with... Uh, that not being given as a penalty, but that we add that into the mix for all the other handballs that that we've had, and it just muddies the waters even more. Um, and we, I was going to say we really need, but it doesn't matter what what we need or want. The uh, the hierarchy still refuse to come out and tell us anything. Um, so clearly, those things that are, are said are handballs in the penalty area, and clearly things that are not handball in yeah. the penalty area. Give us a clue. Absolutely. I thought the interesting thing that struck me, guys, was um, although it was quite a tepid affair, um, Stephen McLean tended to let a lot of things go. Um, and that seems to be his style. I'm just looking at his stats, which I thought were quite interesting. Uh, 14 Premiership matches this season, including the, the Derby on Saturday. Uh, only 33 red, uh, sorry, yellow cards. Um, and he, So his ratio is the lowest uh, of all the top flight referees. Um, a good thing? Oh, absolutely a yeah. good thing. You saw uh, at the weekend that it's a good thing. Uh, the teams uh, the teams respond. Um, and how many times is that now? We've said, oh, the next Celtic Rangers game, it's going to be fireworks. And it's, it <laughs> you just get, you get that one right uh, wrong, didn't you? Uh, completely. <laughs> um, and give Stephen credit. Yeah. Um, he has controlled it and he's controlled it by talking to people and not overreacting and treating people like adults. And that was clearly reciprocated. That's always been Stephen's style. Um, That's what he's always done. I don't think that he has been treated properly by the SFA and uh, UEFA um, because I think he's probably been on the receiving end of, of both of them because they want more yellow and red cards. That's not Stephen's game. No, um, he would much rather every day of the week talk himself through a game and he, he was excellent at the weekend and uh, the stats just, just back it up. Yeah, I think Stephen, I mean, we've known Stephen for 20 well, years. Well, I'm taking the credit for that because I remember uh, Stephen was from Clarkson, Busby area. So when I was doing boys teams and youth teams uh, back then, Stephen was... Uh, Playing for for one of the teams, so I think he learnt from one of the one of the better refs. <laughs> I think you're talking. His language nonsense. is a bit better now than it was when he was a boy. Uh, no, I think uh, Stephen's been around such a long time. His experience is familiar face. Now, bearing in mind, a lot of these players probably won't know him as well because there's been a big big influx. But I think it's his calm demeanour, non non theatrical, mm-hmm. going about his business when he's turned up and and what he's done. I think that got him through a lot of the game as well. Man management, composure. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a it was a great and again, it's experience, isn't oh, it? Yeah, experience gets you through. It's great to have all these young guys come through. But for some of these big games, you just need a wise old head on it and just say, right, okay, let's just take stock of this. Mm-hmm. And that's what Stephen done. And you can see he let a few things go, which I think was received well by the players. Was it two cautions, one each? Yeah. Um, when's the last time you seen an old firm game yeah. like that? I know. But that's revelatory for me, Steve, that, that the authorities are unhappy that he's not issuing more cards than he, than he did do. Yeah, that's it's always been the way. I used to get pulled up every season virtually for, for doing the same. They want you to be 
uh, you know, the, the centre of a, attention. They want you to be cautioning and, and red carding any potential uh, yellow and red cards. That's never been Stephen's business, never. Um, and I, th- I think he has been treated really badly by SFA and, and UEFA. He showed at the weekend what he's capable of. So given that performance, should that elevate him, in your view, um, you know, to further appointments of this particular fixture and other large games? Oh, absolutely. He's more than capable. Yeah. More than capable. Um, and there's there's some that I think he should be ahead of um, mm-hmm. in the uh, in the pecking order. Um, but I'm glad he got the game at the weekend after all these years and I'm glad it went so well for him. It's interesting. The last two appointments have worked out so well. Don coming in, Don Robertson that is coming in uh, the eleventh hour to replace injured Willie Collum and, and and having a really good game as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, ab- absolutely, um, and I think it's it's done them both the power of good and both similar styles because Don yes. is a calm, controlled, non-exhibitionist yep. uh, type of ref, and I'm just so so pleased that both games went really well and uh, they highlighted their both their techniques and their skills. I think they were both great. Yeah, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I think Don, Don for me is with Nick. I really like Don's style. Mm-hmm. I like the way he goes around it. His composure. Um, I think again, he's someone that could have been pushed a wee bit faster, exposed to to, to to more high profile games. Mm-hmm. But um, again, like Steve and Don for twenty years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very very good refereeing, and I think that him stepping in at the last minute. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get the Scottish Cup final and I'd also be surprised if he's not exposed to the, the higher old firm games next season. Um, just finally, guys, uh, sort of interesting um, information coming our way that um, the SFA are keen to try and um, encourage uh, more experienced Category 1 officials who are nearing retirement to take up perhaps a VAR specialist role um, rather than going down the divisions, which is the normal sort of procedure, isn't it, when they leave the top flight? Um, an interesting thought, is that going to give us better quality in, in the studio there? Um, is it something you approve of? What would what would you think, Steve? I can see the, the point of being a VAR specialist, but I wouldn't thank you for it while I was still an active, an active ref. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's appropriate for... Uh, People who are still, you know, active refereeing. When you've retired for a, a few years, not not a bother. But we're already we're complaining about the lack of in depth or you know the uh, a lack of a, a deep pool of, mm-hmm. of talent. You can't be taking away um, the the more experienced ones, sticking them in a. I can't think of anything more boring st- uh, watching a monitor uh, for my whole refereeing life. Um, I know there's one this season who's pretty much been the. Uh, that's what he's been doing. But I, I don't think it's it's appropriate to be trying to get active refs to give up and stay in the booth mm-hmm. uh, the, the whole time. Um, but I, I think, again, it shows a lack of planning um, and forethought on the, the SFA if that's what they think they have to do to get VAR covered. doesn't make any sense to me and I wouldn't thank you for it. No, I think we've had the debates often enough and we, we see it in the news daily, weekly. The depth of pull that we have at this moment in Category 1 is probably as shallow as we've had it for a while certainly at the, at, at the top end so why are you going to dilute that pool even more by taking away we've just said Stephen McLean about the experiences used to get through there Stephen is probably coming towards the latter end of his career I still think he got a few years left but you don't dilute the quality that you have for on the field decisions that's not really been very fair to and I'm not being disparaging but like your Albion Rovers Stenhouse Muirs if you're taking away 
the, the better guys who are still passing fitness tests, mm-hmm. still passing their laws of the game test, yep. still clearly up to the job. Yeah, not that they're going to call us, but if you take away the the guys that are You're kidding. I know, I know. <laughs> I think that I think I think I think our, our, our records were delete. <laughs> uh, Who? I know, I know, I know. Des Conroy. <laughs> uh, I think if you look at the recently retired guys over the last couple of years who are still relevant with the laws of the game, who are still relevant with the people who are operating in at the Scottish FA, who are still relevant with the referees and assistant referees who've got a relationship there, yes, by all means, use them. And I think if it was you and I, when we were doing it and we had maybe a, a Kenny Clark or a Stuart go in the office saying, right, no, Des, I think you need to look at this or look at you'll take that wholeheartedly. You'll take that advice. But I don't think they should be using guys who are who are currently category number one yep. referees. Mm-hmm. I think, as I said, it dilutes the pool and just like Steve said as well, do you want to be sitting, you could be out running about in the park for 90 minutes, two hours, whatever it may be. Do you want to be sitting in front of a TV screen and sitting watching? No, it's not for me. By definition then, Steve, does that suggest that they're, they're admitting there's a there's a, an inherent failure in the system at the moment? Uh, you will yes. never get them to admit anything. <laughs> but yes, that that's the inference. And again, it's a lack of thought a yep. lack of uh, planning for it and as we said the other week you know trust the SFA to be five five years late and still rush it um, they clearly have not planned properly it'll be interesting to see if any of the cat ones decide to take that option um, we know for example there's one particular one Andrew Dallas hasn't done a game this season we believe it, 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 there may be some fitness issues we're not entirely sure uh, but he's been virtually a VAR particularly almost every week Des yeah yeah um, I've not spoken to Andrew for a for a, for a long time uh, I couldn't categorically say if there's a if there's an issue but yes he's been operating as a, a VAR we've seen it when they rolled out the the training programme to the clubs Andrew was involved in the, the presentations uh-huh. to them which is absolutely fine and that's the type of referee if there is an underlying uh, fitness issue that's the type of referee they should be using he's a current or ex-FIFA referee he um, has experience in the SPL absolutely no problem at all but the the, the, the planning and the, the implementation of it clearly hasn't been there no because if they're now getting to what we're in May so you need maybe a pool of if there's six games every weekend that's on VAR you probably need a pool of what 10 12 uh, at the most uh, yeah at the most Surely that's not hard to work on. Mm-hmm. Surely that's not unfathomable that you can have that in place prior yeah, to wouldn't have thought so. prior to implementing it. But Steve said, five years late and we're still rushing it in, bringing it in in October. Chief Executive telling us how it's going to be a car crash. It's just been... Bedlam. Yeah. Uh, and my bugbear about uh, Mr Dallas, he's still officially a Cat 1 referee. That's been a waste of a... No, no offence to him. That's a waste of a position. If he was not somebody going to else, be refereeing yeah. games, then there should have been somebody else in and that would at least deepen the pool, uh, however slightly, but it would still give us a, a, a bigger choice. Yeah. Interesting stuff indeed, lads. Thanks for your time this evening and we'll see you next time on Get Involved Referee. Referee.